I'm Alex Wong, and the Wong Takes start now. Heyo. It's not Tuesday today. It's actually Wednesday, uh, May 2nd of 2018. Welcome to May. Wonderful month to have ya. Uh, sorry I couldn't get this out yesterday. Uh, wasn't able to, but uh, we're only a day late. I thought I'd be have to be two days late, but some space freed up. So look at that. We're here uh, getting to you, not live, but close to it. Also a teeny bit under the weather, so I have to clear my throat a few times, but you can ignore that. Uh, so, uh, is there any other, are there any other announcements to make? No, not really. Uh, let's jump into it. Stuff to get to today. Uh, we're first going to talk about the NFL draft. Uh, unfortunately, I was not able to watch the draft this weekend. Very busy weekend. Lots of things going on. But, uh, there are a few picks that I would just like to touch on, both based on what the pick was, uh, and the situation that it matches. So why don't we get started? Uh, let's first talk about, I guess what else is there to talk about, but the first overall pick of this draft, Baker Mayfield, the quarterback out of Oklahoma. This was an interesting pick from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they're, uh, one of their, one of the first overall picks that they've had in recent years, just because of how bad they've been. They've had a lot of misses, um, they haven't had a chance to get that cornerstone player, particularly at a position like uh, the quarterback. They've tried and have been unsuccessful. So how do they do with this pick? Um, This is a risky pick. Uh, People knew the Browns were going to go quarterback just because of the talent that was on the board. Guys like uh, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson, Mayfield, of course, who they ended up picking. Uh, and the Browns do not have that guy. Like the guy right now is like Deshaun Kaiser, who, in his year in the NFL, has proven to be a, an okay talent, but no one that's going to be a franchise quarterback. Um, and that's what a guy like Mayfield can bring to you. Uh, he's explosive. He's a dual threat. Uh, he can scan the field well. He can make the deep throw well. Uh, all things that the Browns need improvement on, uh, especially the long game. And Mayfield can bring that to them. However, uh, he has been known for his antics. And he is, to many fans uh, in Cleveland and elsewhere, eerily similar to a guy that the Browns took a few years ago, and that would be Johnny Manziel, not only in his attitude, but in his stature a little bit. Um, And he's not as immature as Manziel clearly was at the time of his draft, but he shows signs of that, and that's what you don't want to see. I think he can overcome that. I think Mayfield is different from Manziel. I think he's better uh, than Manziel. Just him being taller will just help because it's the NFL and guys are tall and big. Um, but also I think he's a little a little more – he's shown more constraint than Johnny Manziel. I mean, Manziel had string of incident after incident after incident. A lot of Mayfield's uh, issues have to do with on-the-field antics, and you can kind of deal with those. What you can't deal with is the getting in DUIs constantly and getting in trouble with the law. And Mayfield hasn't had too much of that. He seems to be a goofy guy. He just gets a little carried away sometimes. Um, and that's nothing the Browns can't fix. Uh, there, there might have been more sure picks on the board, uh, but Baker Mayfield is a good solid selection for the Browns. Uh, the next pick to talk about is the second overall pick, and that would be Saquon Barkley. 
we knew he was going to go off the board early just because he's so developed uh, and he's such a good player. There's there's not really much to criticize about Saquon Barkley, and particularly he's going into a division that it's going to be tough, but he can run on. Those teams like the Redskins, the Cowboys, um, and the Eagles, those are tough defenses, but uh, a talent like Saquon Barkley is not going to get hindered by too many uh, too many lines, uh, and it, it's going to be tough for those teams to stop him, even though like teams like Philly have good defense. Um I like I like the pick. I mean, where else would you go if you're number two? Uh, you don't really need a quarterback. That's not the most urgent need. Um, if you are the Giants, you can wait till a later round if you want to get a guy, another guy for the future. Uh, but but Saquon is a good pick, uh, and I like what the Giants are going to do with. I I look forward to seeing him run over the NFL. Uh, next is Sam Darnold, uh, USC quarterback that went to the Jets. His issues uh, in his college career, particularly last year, were turnovers. And in a market like New York, you can't make too many of those or you're going to get yelled at pretty quickly. Uh, But he is one of the more sure guys in this draft. I think he's going to be a a solid NFL player. His ceiling, uh, to use a clinical term, is, I think, pretty high. Uh, And I, I think he can bring some stability to the Jets, which is something they haven't really had in a while. Uh, and and he's going to be uh, a good player for them. Uh, another pick, the tenth pick of the draft, uh, Josh Rosen, who went to the Arizona Cardinals, who got the pick from Oakland. Uh, he was an interesting, interesting interview at the draft. I mean, he was he was pretty mad that he dropped all the way to ten. I think some people were expecting him to go to one, uh, at least in the top five, and he dropped all the way to the top ten. And he was like, yeah, there were nine mistakes made ahead of me uh, and all that stuff. But that being said, he'll, he, the only place where he can really prove himself is going to be on the field. Uh, he's an undeniable talent. Uh, he looks the field well. He can throw it uh, like with the best of them. And in, in, in Arizona, you'll have an opportunity to throw um, against, against teams for sure. Seattle's defense is not as good as it used to be, though uh, an interesting matchup we'll see when he plays Los Angeles. That's still weird to say. And he'll have to face uh, Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters. Uh, that'll be a fun matchup for him. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't uh, absolutely start right away, but he's their quarterback of the future for sure. And then one last pick that I wanted to go over that just really stuck out to me was the Falcons pick of Calvin Ridley with the 26th pick. Uh, this Falcons team, um, with this pick uh, of an explosive guy like Calvin Ridley, who play, has experience playing in the rough system of Alabama for four years, this team is now going to be stacked. Uh, not only do you keep or you take Calvin Ridley, but you have guys like Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu. Uh, this is going to be a deadly, uh, deadly passing attack for any team to match up with. You have two guys who could be, uh, Ridley develops the way everyone thinks he is, two guys would be bona fide number one wideouts, and Sanu, who's uh, a number two wideout, uh, or number three wideout, two, number two wideout best. And it's going to be tough to have cornerbacks keep tabs on all three of those guys. Combine that with Matt Ryan under center uh, and a decent running attack. 
you've got a really good offensive team in Atlanta. It seems like they say that every year, um, but it's especially true this year uh, now that the Falcons make the move uh, to pick up Calvin Ridley. Uh, I guess the only other thing to maybe look at from this draft uh, would be um, the 32nd pick, Lamar Jackson, going to Baltimore. puts the Ravens in a tricky situation because, uh, of course, they already have a quarterback in Joe Flacco. Clearly, Flacco is aging. I mean, he's not going to be in the league forever. He's already 33 years old. Uh, he's faced his share of injuries, and he's he he doesn't he's not the elite quarterback that people were going to put him in after he beat the 49ers uh, in the Super Bowl a few years back. And Lamar Jackson is their quarterback of the future now. They even traded up to get him. They traded the pick uh, with Philadelphia to pick up Lamar Jackson. And I see Flacco staying maybe one more year in Baltimore before he before Lamar Jackson is elevated. It really depends on how Lamar uh, or how the the Ravens brass feels about Lamar Jackson and what he shows them. Um, but I, I I think he will be their guy. Uh, moving forward. So as you know, uh, I've been kind of improving this whole NBA playoff coverage thing as I go along. I don't really have a set plan necessarily uh, with what I'm going to dive into each week. It's just kind of rolling with whatever's been happening uh, in the league, in the association. So now with the second round underway, well underway as a matter of fact, Let's jump straight in, see, see what's happening. Uh, first, let's go to the East. Uh, for circumstances, I will talk about later. Uh, look at the 2v3. Uh, your Philadelphia and your Boston. Boston, uh, in the last series, after he lost Game 7, Giannis Antetokounmpo said, uh, we thought we were the better team. And sometimes it looked like it. Uh, but Boston has shown a resolve and a clarity that I don't think they had going into these playoffs. So much so that the ragtag band, quote-unquote, quote-unquote ragtag, still one of the better teams in the league without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. But with guys like Terry Rozier really stepping in, uh, guys like Jason Tatum really stepping in, uh, that allowed them to beat Milwaukee 4-3 in their series and now take a one-game lead over Philadelphia, who in my opinion is clearly the better team. Uh, unlike uh, Giannis' claim, which is debatable, I think Philadelphia was the better team going into this series. Maybe we're just blinded with the process and everything. Uh, but nonetheless, Philly looked really good, and Boston blew him out of the water in the first game. Uh, second game is tomorrow at 5.30 Pacific time. Uh, and I think Boston has a legit chance. I still don't see Boston... Well, Actually, you know, getting past that first-round matchup, which was pretty tough, uh, looking ahead, there aren't two really dominant teams. Uh, there aren't really dominant teams in the Eastern bracket, and I would not be surprised to see a team like Boston um, have, make a run uh, at the finals. That said, you can say that about really every other team uh, in the Eastern bracket, but it's, it's more wide open now. Uh, it was more wide open than it's ever been coming to the playoffs, and it's even more wide open than it was at the start of these playoffs. Uh, so I'll be I'll be interested to see if Philadelphia can get it back together and look like that team that we saw in the first round that was able to really dominate uh, the Miami Heat. 
It's gonna be a it's gonna be a heck of a fun series, uh, and I'm looking forward to the rest of it. Next, uh, in the Eastern bracket is Cleveland and Toronto. There's so really many angles to attack this series uh, and take a look at what's going on. In the first game, Toronto uh, just blew a, a big lead and was not able to hold on uh, against a Cleveland team that looked beaten. They started to look beaten down, but the Raptors just couldn't get anything to fall in the fourth quarter. And in overtime, a uh, pretty similar situation. As a result, they trail in that series one nothing. Got to be disappointment on the Raptors' end. I mean, they start the series with home court, and what's the first thing you do is you lose it right away. Um, and that's not the way you want to get started against, especially a LeBron-led team, any LeBron-led uh, team. And you're going to need to see guys like uh, DeRozan and Kyle Lowry really continue to take a leadership role because the Raptors don't really have much um, huge veteran, like, consistent playoff leadership. Kyle Lyers are notorious for struggling in the playoffs last year. He hasn't had too much of a similar situation here uh, in this year's playoffs. Uh, but nonetheless, these guys are going to have to step it up. If you Even for a Cavs team that's as beaten down as this Cavs team is, um, you're going you're gonna to need to have someone step up. It's still playoff basketball at the end of the day. Uh, for the Cavs, meanwhile... They're led by, of course, LeBron James, who his back must be tired from carrying uh, the Cavs for so long, and he hasn't slowed down either in the last uh, game, the first game of this series. He had 26 points, but was the difference with this last, this first game against the Raptors, even when they did struggle, is he was getting supporting help. Uh, guys like Kyle Korver and J.R. Smith are uh, really stepping up from the bench to, because who's the Cavs' number two guy? I mean, normally you'd say Kevin Love. But he struggled so much in the playoffs uh, that you, you you have to have someone else uh, step up to fill what, what he leaves behind. And those are spot-up guys like Smith and Korver um, or down post players like Tristan Thompson, uh, guys like Jeff Green, these type of players that can fill uh, what a guy like Kyrie had in the past, what K-Love should be doing uh, for the Cavs. So... Um, I don't. I don't know if or the Cavs are going to need consistent performances from these players if they want to survive uh, in the playoffs because you can't survive on the back uh, of LeBron, unlike they've been trying to do for the last series that barely got them past Indiana. I think Indiana uh, is also a team that will be good uh, next year and ahead. Uh, Oladipo will only continue to get better. Miles Turner will only continue to get better. Lance Stevenson is a surprisingly competent role player. I don't know how many years he has left in him. Uh, but that's a tangent. Uh, the Pacers are going to be good. But the Cavs were lucky to get by them. Uh, we'll continue to follow uh, this series' journey. I think by the by next week, uh, what will it be? Probably like game five uh, or so if necessary. Right now, I would have to say, honestly, despite for all their shortcomings, Cleveland is kind of the betting favorite. Uh, in this series, just because Toronto has, uh, Cleveland's been like Toronto's Achilles heel. Toronto hasn't shown the ability to consistently stop LeBron James and, and consistently beat the Cavaliers. Uh, so it will be tough for for that team to recover from this game one loss, where they snapped, uh, what, what's the phrase, uh, took 
vic- defeat from the jaws of victory. Uh, but it'll be tough for them to win in Cleveland, and because that's what that's what they're gonna have to do uh, to win this series is win a game on the road. Uh, so so tough going for Toronto. Uh, the East as a whole uh, just looks looks like it's gonna be a chaotic couple a uh, couple of weeks, a chaotic month. Uh, shall I say, because the finals begin, what, May, May 31st? So it's going to be a chaotic month in the East. If I had to give you a prediction right now, uh, I'm hard-pressed, uh, honestly, after the last couple of games they've played to see anyone but Cleveland getting out of this region. I'm going to be rooting for the Sixers. I think the Sixers have the second-best chance to get out of the region just because they don't have to face Cleveland this round, uh, like Toronto, of course. Because Cleveland also can wear you down beyond just being uh, having LeBron. <laughs> uh, Cleveland can can wear you down. Face of play with what they try to do. Uh, so uh, Philly, I, I I can. It's hard. To, we wouldn't be saying this at the beginning of the season, uh, but Philly, like right now, looks like one of the favorites to get out of the Eastern side. All right, move over to the Western Conference. Golden State. Uh, has a 2-0 lead over the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, there's nothing really that we didn't expect uh, going into this series. Uh, three years ago, Golden State swept New Orleans in the first round of the playoffs. And while, of course, ne- neither of these teams are the same as they were a few years ago, um, the Pelicans are actually kind of more similar than you might think. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins isn't playing, which is a humongous loss for New Orleans, of course. So this team is built around Anthony Davis. Uh, of course, it's not a bad piece to build your team around. Uh, Anthony Davis, the unibrow, has done a phenomenal job so far. He's shown that he can, at times when he really wants to, impose his will uh, on Golden State. But it's not enough with uh, Golden State really uh, being able to hit this series so far. Uh, the first game was a blowout, 123-101. The second game was... Not as close as it looked on the scoreboard, uh, 121-116, though it was very close for a few quarters. And uh, the Warriors, the first game, they really came out firing. Uh, Durant, Thompson, Green, they were all finding their spots. Even Draymond's hitting some open threes, which uh, the Warriors seem more, or the Pelicans seem more than willing to leave him open, kind of like the Warriors do with Rondo. And then the second game, I mean, Steph Curry came back. So it's it's like adding insult on top of injury, injury on top of insult. Uh, to be to be able to bring one of the best shooters in the world off the bench and have him catch fire right away, even though he's played one game in like the last fifty or thirty some odd games, um, it's it's basically basically unstoppable. And the Pelicans are going to have a lot of trouble handling this type of firepower, especially the way the Warriors are playing right now. Uh, even in the Smoothie King Center, where they're a pretty good team. Uh, the Warriors look good as per usual, getting a lot of contribution, having Andre Iguodala in the starting lineup for the last series and a half, uh, getting him a lot of good experience, working him back into the playoff field. Uh, he's going to be a key cog in their machine. Kevin Durant being able to uh, stroke the three ball, he's hitting it at... Uh, 40 or a little under 40% uh, on the series so far. Draymond Green uh, is a little over 40% on the series right now. So, And that's not even with JaVale McGee uh, playing a large role on the series, really at all. Uh, you'd expect that. 
Uh, they've actually got surprisingly good bench production as well uh, from Nick Young, who's hit timely threes when he needs to. So all-around group effort. Warriors won't really run into, or not, uh, hopefully uh, for them, won't run into any trouble this series, it appears. And actually, just doing some uh, little impromptu stuff right now. Uh, right now, for me, a little transparency here on the long takes. Um, the For me, at least, the Utah-Houston game is finishing up. So I'm going to finish watching that. It's going to seem like a seamless transition. Uh, but when that game concludes for me, I will begin talking about it. Seamless transition. The game is over. Utah has tied this series with Houston. It is 1-1. One one. What I was going to say coming in to today was, like, it looks like Houston is going to be like the Warriors look like right now, where they're up to nothing, they're, they're pretty chillin'. Uh, it doesn't really look like anyone's going to stop them on the way to the Western Conference Finals. And yet, here come the Jazz, coming out hot, getting up to a nine, up to a 19-point first quarter lead and barely hanging on to beat James Harden, Chris Paul, and, and the Houston Rockets. Uh, if the Jazz can defeat Houston, uh, this Jazz team can be dangerous. They're fun to watch. Uh, guys like Donovan Mitchell... Rudy Gobert, Dante Exum. I mean, these are young kids, uh, and they're ready to wreak havoc on the Western Conference and the league as a whole. Combine that with having to go up to the altitude and play in Utah like Houston's going to have to do, uh, now having lost home court advantage. This Utah team can be a dangerous team. Now, might be be jumping in a little bit. Um, Houston is still uh, a really good team. They're not going to back down at all. Uh, but nonetheless, still, uh, if they can limit, if they can figure out how to limit James Harden, who's still being himself, he's averaging 36, 37 points per game this series so far, uh, but they can limit the supporting cast. If they can, uh, limit Chris Paul, uh, Trevor Ariza, Eric Gordon, I mean, the, the full strength of the Rockets is when they are just five guys lined up right outside the arc. And they're just swinging the ball back and forth, shooting threes, shooting like 53s a game, hitting 20 of them. Uh, and, and you can't really limit the opportunities that they get. That's when the Rockets are the most dangerous. But when you're pressing, uh, when they, for whatever reason, can't find a rhythm, when you're, when you're slowing the pace down, you really drag it out, make them play on the half court. Uh, similar strategy to how you want to play the Warriors. That's when you can really stop them. And with the guy, uh, with people like Gobert... I mean, that's what Utah can do. They're a decent matchup with Houston. Uh, and that's what they're able to do in Game 2. Uh, going back, going to Utah now, I uh, still, if I were pressed, I would still predict Houston to win this series. But, man, uh, the Jazz just made it a lot more interesting uh, with what they did in Game 2. So the West is still uh, run by Houston and Golden State. But it's boy, it's become a lot more interesting with the last um, the last time it's been just the last ten minutes or so. All right, uh, we're ending the show a little early today. We don't have too much content running up. Well, let's check out the quick take um, report from Bleacher Report. Des Bryant not of interest to many teams, even at league minimum contract. Wow. 
that this is uh, we haven't really touched on him, but it's a shocking been a shocking turn of events uh, with what with what Des Bryant has become. Coming out of college out of Oklahoma State, he was one of the highest uh, touted wide receivers of his class. Going to Dallas, obviously a big market, a big, humongous, one of the biggest football markets, if not the biggest football market in the country. Had a high production, three-time pro bowler. Uh, and now the Dallas Cowboys have released him after a drop in production. He only had uh, 838 receiving yards in 2017. Uh, and I guess teams, even with him at the age of 29, uh, which is still relatively young, I mean, he's got at least five more years uh, ahead of him, particularly at a position like wide receiver, where age is slightly less of a factor than, like, say, an O-lineman or a quarterback or a linebacker. Uh, the fact that teams don't even want to pay him the league minimum uh, just says a lot about the talent uh, of this young class and the demands that a wide receiver uh, in today's NFL must meet. Where could Des Bryant go from here? I mean, there aren't too many options. If the Cowboys aren't willing to meet him, their wide receiver class is not incredibly deep. I mean, they have some solid players, but... None of the Des Bryant, uh, uh, I guess what we would call his his glory days now. Uh, but Des Bryant, if he wants to stay in the league, uh, he's got to show him something. Well, I, he, I, th- I believe he'll end up getting signed somewhere. I mean, he's too much of, of, of talent to not. Uh, but he, if he wants to have some staying power, if he wants to get another multi-year deal, uh, he's going to have to demonstrate that he can be a productive player or he can be a really productive player that can match up to what he will want to get paid, because he's going to want to get paid a lot. Uh, he doesn't have to show people that he can meet their expectations. Um, that's always something tough to do in the, a league like, like the NFL. All right. Thank you so much for listening this week to The Long Takes. Do everything. Send questions on the page feed or to the email. Leave voicemails, record your voice memos, send them in to me. Check out the podcast everywhere you check out podcasts on the website, bit.ly slash longtakes on the Patreon.com slash the long takes and email the long takes at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, whatever. Rate the podcast on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes as well as Google Play. Thank you so much for listening. We're almost, we're getting there to episode 50, man. We're, we're running up there. That would signify about a year's worth, uh, and I will see you, as always, next week.